When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit, and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Las Vegas Raiders are 1-0, taking down the Denver Broncos 17-16 to on Sunday. They are hanging out in West Virginia. Vic's out fishing and, and skeet shooting and, and getting ready for uh, Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Vic, how's the, uh, how's the atmosphere out there in West Virginia? Dude, this morning I had breakfast at uh, Shoney's, lovely breakfast bar. I hopped in my red pickup truck, blasted some Toby <laughs> Keith, and went to practice. So I'm living the West Virginia dream, baby. Let's go. That's a trifecta here in West Virginia. That's the holy, holy trend. When's the skeet shooting? Have you done that yet? I'm trying, man. Maybe after practice today or maybe tomorrow, but I'm trying to book it. It's, hard to, it's popular, man. It's hard to book those things. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, Dave Ziegler out there with me, and uh, that's my goal. So we'll see what happens. Do you have a mullet yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet. Still wearing my cap. No, no mullet. My hair's too short for a mullet. I, I didn't think I had. I mean, you did not prepare, man. Come on, you gotta, you gotta prepare. No, I didn't. I didn't Where, you had, no mustache or anything. Come on, where's, where's the facial no hair? No mustache. No, I mean, but, you uh, said the aftershave screwed you. You shouldn't have used it. You shouldn't have shaved. Oh, that was rough, man. I, I shaved uh, yesterday for, before practice for some reason, and the bugs were just uh, having a feast on me. So that was not well done by me. But uh, I survived. I mean, I'm, I'm a tough uh, West Virginian, so I'm, 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 I'm thriving. All right, well, before we get into Sunday's matchup with the Bills, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the season opening win. To me, the biggest takeaway is like that was the full Jimmy Garoppolo experience. He played, I think, pretty well at times. He had the one throw that you're saying, what the fuck are you doing? And in the end, leads him on a game-winning drive. He made some, you know, some tough plays. He, he, he made the throws in the red zone that they needed to make it. it to me, especially for those who haven't watched him much with the 49ers, like this was the full Jimmy Garoppolo experience. You've got some good moments some bad moments, but in the end you got to win. Yeah. I mean, like it wasn't a, a super highlight field day for the offense or anything of that nature. It was, a, it was a pretty weird game overall. I mean, I think they only had like six or seven possessions total for the entire game. A um, bunch of penalties on both sides, but you know, I, I thought Garoppolo looked comfortable in the system, which I don't think surprises at all. Everything was pretty much, on time but as you said you did see in, in some of those extended situations where you know maybe the first read wasn't there the second read wasn't there and um you know he has to buy time a little bit things can kind of get a little spooky I think we saw that in training camp a little bit you know him trying to force some some throws into, into some tight windows and then take some risks that he probably shouldn't do and so 
you know, that's something that, like, like you said, it's kind of, kind of comes with them. You know, it, it looks good for, for most of the time, but there might be one or two of those moments that are kind of like, what the hell are you doing? But in the end, you know, it, it didn't break their back in that game. They, they let a, he let a pretty impressive touchdown drive at the end of the game to, to win it. And then showed off his mobility a little bit on that, on that run to ice the game, which I think surprised just about everybody in the press box. So nothing to write home about, but a, but a solid, you know, debut for, for Garoppolo. Like you said, this is pretty much what you're going to see from Garoppolo, and this is why you know fantasy owners probably want to stay a little away from Devontae Adams because they're going to be missing that deep ball part of his game. He passed him some opportunities downfield, and um, this is just what he does. You know, he he's he's going to be accurate in the middle of the field. You don't want to see him taking off as much as he he took off his game. I mean, in the first drive, you know, he had an injury scare, and we all know the concern with Garoppolo is if he could stay healthy. But he, he made the right plays at the at the right time, and uh, they were able to win the game. I thought you can see his poise throughout the game, and that was, for me, the biggest takeaway. You can see why teammates follow him, and he's definitely a popular guy. I think he's very competitive. That's why he makes those plays that you kind of like cringe at, like, ooh, why do you throw that one? But he's trying to make a play. I think he tries to pick his spots, and clearly he knows he made a mistake in that one. But um, yeah, I thought it was an impressive debut for him. I think definitely uh, went a long way in the locker room. Just uh, it was a big win for him. One thing I would say, everyone's talking about how this win was so important, different from last year. But you know, I look back in that game here in Denver, in the I'm sorry, there in Denver last uh, last year in November, was the exact same game. Uh, Derek Carr led a late comeback; they won overtime. Defense defense made some plays late, so really it was a carbon copy of that game last year. So I'm not sure it was a huge like uh, step up from last year, but definitely one and zero is one and zero, and we'll see if they can build off of that this week. We certainly have to give a lot of credit to the offensive line. Uh, the Broncos tried to bring a lot of pressure. We know they've got a good defense. I think I saw they blitzed something like 41% of Garoppolo's dropbacks. And he was not sacked. Uh, hit three times, I believe. And uh, we've said it for two years in, in a row now. They've got to do something to upgrade this offensive line. And uh, they were the surprise last year that they played a lot better than expected. And then here in week one, pass protection was the one thing. You know, Last year, they were a good run blocking line. They weren't a great pass blocking line. It's only one week. We'll see what happens as the season goes on. But uh, a really good week one debut from the offensive line. Yeah, they kept them clean. I mean, I think, you know, something that that probably helps the offensive line when it comes to, you know, it's just one week. But, you know, the season that could help them in terms of pass protection is, you know, is Garoppolo, you know, mostly being a, a short to intermediate ball thrower there's not as many I mean Derek Carr I think he was top five in air yards per attempt last last season there were a ton of deep shots especially to Devontae Adams and obviously those shorter routes don't take as long to develop so they don't have to hold up as long I don't think um with with Garoppolo's play style um and it was kind of interesting I mean they had a rotational spot at right tackle with Jermaine Luminero and, and and Thayer Munford which Usually doesn't work out the best when you're when you're rotating offensive linemen, but it didn't really seem to be an issue regardless of which one of them was in there. You know, I think really the only, you know, downside for the offensive line, surprisingly, was was the run blocking. They thought that had to do more with the Broncos sort of loading up the box and deciding that they just finally for once weren't going to get beat by Josh Jacobs, which has pretty much happened in every game he's ever played with the Raiders. And so um, they, they sold out on the run and, and sort of dared Garoppolo to be able to beat him. And, you know, ultimately, the offensive line gave him enough time to be able to do so. Yeah, and Josh Jacobs is a big part of the protection too, especially against a team that blitzes as much as they did. So it was good to see him, you know, not really drop off in that area after not having a training camp with the Raiders. And you know, he had a huge block on the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo scramble at the end of the game to to get that critical first down. So credit to Josh Jacobs and his pass protection too. Another guy who had a nice Raiders debut. Uh, we'll 
have to find out what his status is looking like. But Jacoby Myers, uh, obviously, toward the end of the game, he went out, got that hit to the head. Uh, he is in the concussion protocol. But before the injury, I mean, he... He's looking a lot like uh, that that could be Jimmy Garoppolo's go-to target. He had the two touchdowns. I think he was targeted just as many times as Devontae Adams. And, you know, we'll see how they adjust if they go into this week without him. But, you know, Jacoby Myers uh, certainly seems like a, a guy that, that Garoppolo, when he's is, is going to lean on when he's out there. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro was not targeted. Michael Mayer was not targeted, I don't believe. But Jacoby Myers uh, looks like he could be a good number two weapon for this team. Yeah, you can tell it's really a comfort level with him and Jimmy. I think that one touchdown, the first touchdown pass, they're doing some, you know, communicating a line of scrimmage and they kind of got him open. And I just think you see you know, the, the confidence both guys have. And I think, um, I think Devontae's happy also. I think if ideally he'll get some attention and Jacoby will on the other side of the field. So Devontae won't have all these, you know, complex coverage things against him, d- double teams and uh, guys, you know, over the top. So I think it's good for Devontae long term also. I think last year, I mean, I love Mac Hollins. I'm not sure Mac Hollins had defenses worried about him too much going in or was part of the game plan where Jacoby obviously will have to be going forward. Part of it is, you know, that attention that Devontae Adams draws. I mean, teams are going to bracket him. They're going to have a safety over the top. And so what that means is, you know, the rest of the guys get get a lot of one-on-ones. And given the way that the Raiders were playing against the Broncos, a lot of, you know, two back sets and two tight end sets, it was really just Devontae and Jacoby out there for for a lot of those snaps and so he's the guy you know getting those one-on-ones and you know clearly he, he showed he was able to win in those situations um you know I, I think it, it was interesting to see you know how how few snaps Renfro got the, the targets doesn't surprise me given just he just wasn't out there a whole bunch because of the way that they were playing so I'm kind of interested to see if that's something that you know moving forward if the Raiders are, are confident in just having Jacoby and Devontae out there and, and want to play in these these heavy sets the whole year you know but I think with Renfro, it's definitely something that uh, some something to watch moving forward. You know his his, his whole playing time situation and and how much he's he's used in offense. Jacoby was uh, asked to be kind of either a number one or kind of the one B in New England a lot, and you know I don't think he's uh, fit for that role. And I think Adams is by far the best receiver he's ever played with. So you know being a true number two. I think that's a good fit for him, and you know, obviously, we we saw him feasting on on the team's number t- on the Broncos' number two corners and on one on one coverage. So I think this could be a, a big year for him, and uh, I, I think that number two role really really fits him. As far as Renfro, we've been talking about that all offseason, how you know his future here, and I wasn't too sure what it was going to be. I think you know, he had 13 snaps, I want to say, and that's with Trey Tucker not being active. So Tucker will be active at some point. So I don't think those snaps are going to skyrocket in the future. I think maybe we're looking at 25 maybe, but I don't think Hunter's going to have a big role uh, this year in the offense. I mean, I guess the big question will be Sunday if, if they play without Jacoby Myers, which considering where he's at in the protocol uh, seems like a decent possibility. Will he have a bigger role then? If he doesn't have a, a role or much of a role with Myers out, then uh, that would certainly indicate where uh, where uh, Hunter Renfro's season is heading. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. I mean, is, is he if, if there's interest in him out there and he's a guy that you're really not going to use much, um, you, you would seem to think he could be a guy that could be moved before the trade deadline. But uh, you know, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this defense. Early on, we saw some some of those frustrating moments where they uh, they couldn't get off the field. Ultimately, you know, late in the game, they were able to to do what they needed. We saw Nate Hobbs twelve tackles uh, moving back into that slot corner position. Uh, what, what were our big defensive takeaways? The pass rush uh, wasn't really effective at all in the first half, and I think that's why uh, you know he, he didn't throw for a ton of yards or anything. But Russell Wilson got off to a pretty hot start in terms of you know just completing a lot of his passes and being able to move the ball. 
put some pressure on the secondary to be able to hold up a little bit longer, which, you know, we all identified was a concern going into the season. We talked up the defensive line all offseason, like they're going to have to be the, the key to this defense. And so, you know, without Chandler Jones out there, put a lot of pressure on, even more pressure on the non-Max Crosby defensive lineman. And, and at least in the first half, um, it just wasn't there. I think they got a little bit better in, in the second half, you know, and, and th- I think we saw that Wilson and the Broncos offense slowed down then. And so I think it just, you know, showed me that, that what we talked about all offseason was is the truth. You know I mean? If this defense is going to come and go as this defensive line goes. And so, you know, they don't really have much of a margin forever, margin for error. They got to be pretty much on it. Otherwise, you know, I think we saw like this defense is going to struggle to get off the field at times. Yeah, I thought the front four pass rush was pretty disappointing, you know, considering what we saw offseason and kind of the hype around maybe having a really strong four-man pass rush. Patrick Graham had to blitz more in the second half, and I think blitzing was uh, more effective. But, you know, I thought the coverage was particularly impressive in, in the second half and what really was what, what won them the game. They were able to make some really nice open field tackles. They were able to be sticky in the back half, cause Wilson to hold the ball. And a big thing was they they finally contained Wilson. Um, in the first half, they did a poor job of containing him in a pocket. He got out and made some plays. But in the second half, they did a better job of keeping him in a pocket. And the secondary did a good job of staying sticky in the, on the back end. I thought guys uh, stepped up. I thought uh, Jerry Tilly did a good job. And he played outside for, for Charlie Jones. and made a, He got a sack and made some other plays. I thought uh, Diablo played really well. And made some made some plays. I thought Spillane held up okay. Secondary was definitely good. Tars not giving up the big play. So I think it's you know for this defense it's gonna be baby steps. I think they had a rough first half, but made some adjustments. And again, I don't think Russell Wilson and the Broncos are a huge test without Jerry Judy and their their tight end got hurt early on. That was a big loss for them. So you have to have a little bit of salt. Um, but um, yeah, I thought it was a good start, and we'll see if they can build on it this this weekend in, in Buffalo. Yeah, we were wondering what they would do up front with Chandler Jones out. You know, would they start Malcolm Kuntz? Would they start the rookie Tyree Wilson? They went for, for plan C with going with Jerry Tillery outside. Uh, Wilson did play 50% of the snaps. Uh, Kuntz only played, uh, I think, 17 snaps, about a quarter of the snaps. But, uh, Vic, what did you see from Tyree Wilson? Um, you know, not a splashy debut by any means, um, but uh, he, he is a guy that's still kind of working himself into shape, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't good. I mean, I'm going to give him a pass because he was hurt most of, you know, he was out most of training camp, and it's your first game in the, in the thin air is tough. But uh, he didn't look good. I mean, definitely, uh, there was definitely the ball would be snapped, and it would be like, you know, time to go by before we actually started moving. So he was slow off the ball, which was a concern uh, for scouts out of, out of college during the draft. So, but again, I'm sure there's some rust there, some nerves. Uh, some, but So I'm not going to be too harsh on him, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't an impressive debut for the first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, you didn't notice him in the backfield too much, which is obviously not a good sign. But again, like like Vic said, you don't want to overreact too much. I mean, he's coming off of foot surgery last year, basically missed the majority of the offseason. It's going to take him some time to hit his groove. And he's being asked to, I, I think, fill a bigger role than they anticipated him doing this quickly early on in the year, just out of necessity with what's going on with Chandler Jones. And so don't want to jump off the ledge too quickly um, with Wilson and the fans or – we're, we're we're going off on social media about you know how tired he looked and all that. Like just just calm down a little bit, guys. This is week one, but I guess on the flip side, you know we got to talk about um, the other rookie on defense. You know Jacorian Bennett. I mean he he started that outside corner, played every defensive snap, and um, you know he had a couple costly defensive pass interference penalties that led to touchdowns. But outside of that, he only gave up two catches for about sixteen yards. Um, you know Marcus Peters, I thought looked pretty solid out there as well, and so. 
Um, Nate Hobbs, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, he had 12 tackles, um, you know, being a big factor in the run game as, as well as, you know, holding up in coverage. And so I think the cornerback group, especially considering the pass rush really wasn't much of a factor. I think the fact that they, again, like the Broncos didn't have Judy and, and obviously uh, Tim Patrick, Ted's Mans wasn't out there, but even still, I, I think, you know, given our expectations for the secondary coming into the season, I think it was a solid debut for them. I thought uh, Divine Diablo played pretty well, too. He had, he had nine tackles. He had a key pass breakup in the red zone. He had a, a really nice open field tackle. So it was good to see him out there. I thought he was moving really well and was uh, moving sideline to sideline quickly. So, that, you know, if he could stay healthy and he could kind of develop into a plus starter at linebacker, that's going to be huge for this defense. You know, and just to hit briefly on Chandler Jones, uh, for people who are, are not following every Instagram story he posts. Um, I, I mean, there's there's really no update here. I, it's not, uh, I, I know people ask sometimes what's going on with him at, but, you know, we don't really know. I mean, he, he's away from the team and that doesn't seem like it's something that's going to change anytime soon, but um, that's just kind of where we're at there. So he's not going fly fishing with Vic anytime soon? No, I, I invited him, but uh, no, no response. Let's look ahead to Sunday, heading to Buffalo. What's the travel like to get from West Virginia to Buffalo? How, how long is that a drive? Is that are you hopping on another flight, or what? What are you doing there? You know, it's a good question. I actually booked <laughs> the flight. Um, <laughs> it's no, Thursday. I booked the flight. He doesn't even know. Well, no, 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 no. Hear me out. I booked the flight, but apparently there's a connection, so it actually takes shorter to drive. It's a three-hour drive from Pittsburgh, I guess, which is a little north of here. So, um, yeah, I might, I might change my plans, but it's a uh, you can't really fly out of Lewisburg, West Virginia. You gotta, you gotta go somewhere else. You gotta go to Richmond or to Pittsburgh. I went to Pittsburgh, so um, there's some driving anyway. So um, I'll get there. I'm not sure how yet, but uh, you know, I might hang out here for a while. Just enjoy the my hit my hit Sony's again for breakfast tomorrow. But uh, we'll see. All right. Well, looking ahead to that game, uh, they're taking on the Bills, who you know, obviously one of the the favorites in a stacked AFC conference. Um, they are coming on a short week, so that's a, a little bit of an advantage for the Raiders. They uh, they played on Monday night and lost to Zach Wilson and the New York Jets, uh, obviously with Aaron Rodgers going out. And, I mean, we're not going to beat around the bush. Josh Allen did not play well. He turned it over, I think, four times. Certainly, he's playing against a very, very good New York Jets defense. But it's going to be a Bills team that you know, they're always going to be you know, one of the better teams in the conference, you figure. But um, they're, they're going to be pretty pissed off uh, after losing that opener, especially the way that Josh Allen played. Yeah, I mean, he was looking like Zach Wilson out there. I mean, he's he's doing his best impersonation. But, um, you know, I, I think Josh Allen, obviously, the last few years, he showed himself to be an elite quarterback. But he he always has has that chaos to him. You know, early on in his career, a bunch of bad turnovers and fumbles. And I think people kind of forget just because, he you know, he has a bunch of yards and touchdowns. Like, he still does that stuff pretty often. <laughs> like, you know, in the playoff loss last, last offseason, he kind of, last season he had a similar meltdown. And so he is a guy that, you know, even if they're going against an inferior team, like, he can keep them in the game with some of the mistakes that he that he makes. You know, obviously you're not going to count on him having that kind of game every week um, at this point in his career. But you know, the Raiders, you know, they they were a team. You know, this offseason we talked about them getting their hands on the ball and forcing turnovers and and things of that nature. Uh, we we didn't you know really see that against the Broncos. And so you know maybe this is an opportunity for you know if if Allen takes some risks and doesn't really re- respect their back end, if if they can make some plays and, and maybe you know give the Raiders a shot in this one. I think. For them to win this one, they're going to have to get some more turnovers out of out of Josh Allen. We all know that Josh Allen could be chaotic, but we saw like an insane version of that against the Jets, where like, yeah, you know, it wasn't just the interceptions where he was just throwing up into obvious, you know, double not double coverage, but where you know exactly where the safety is. 
But it was just like the way he was protecting himself. I mean, like there was a third, I think it was a third and 10, where he was five yards away from the sticks and he tried to jump over a defender to try to make it there. So, it, you know, it was just crazy what we saw saw on Monday night. I, I, you know, maybe it was just the first game and he was trying to go out there and make some big plays. But, you know, I think after that type of game, we likely will see a big mentality change against against the Raiders. So, you know, that's probably bad news for Raiders if he, he's going to be more careful careful with the ball. But one difference that we saw with this Bills offense than last season is they went a lot more 12 personnel. And we knew that was going to be the plan for them, um, you know, after drafting tight end Dalton Kincaid in, in the first round. And actually, the, the Raiders were actually pretty decent in defending the pass against 12 personnel last season. They were 12th in EPA per drop back uh, against 12 personnel. I expect Dalton Kincaid to be a, a much bigger part of the game plan against the Raiders. He got four targets for short yardage against the Jets, but I, I think they're going to target him a lot against the Raiders, and uh, it'll really kind of test this linebacker crew to see if they could defend tight ends against the pass. I think if you look at uh, Josh Allen's body language, like both during the games and after the games at press conferences, it's not good. I don't think, um, and obviously there was a drama with Stephon Diggs in the offseason. There's some carryover to that, so... Um, if he is mad, not, is that a good thing if your quarterback is mad and he's trying to prove something? Because the way he plays, he's got to chill out a little bit. And I think you mentioned he's going to try and protect the ball a little more. I'm not sure he can. I'm not sure he knows how to do that. Or that's, his, that's his game. So, uh, obviously, the Raiders defense probably he's looking at it like, oh, I can exploit some of the things in his defense. They attack the middle of the field, like you said, and get some plays deep with uh, Diggs and, and Gabe Davis. So, again, it's a really good test for the Raiders defense. I think, hang around. I think it'll be a close game. I don't think it'll be a blowout. So, um, we'll see. The Jets uh, sacked Allen five times, and uh, the Bills' offensive line has certainly been kind of one of the the areas of concern. Is this an opportunity for the Raiders' pass rush to come alive? I mean, you know, they had two sacks last week against Russell Wilson. Um, they're not going to be at, at that thin air in Denver. They're going to have this week here in West Virginia to acclimate. Uh, do we see this as a game where uh, maybe Crosby can get after him a couple times and and the rest of the guys can, can join in? This is not a good offensive line. So, and Josh Allen is going to hold the ball. So, this is a great opportunity to kind of prove that first game with a fluke, and you know maybe they they can have a strong four man pass rush. And they're they're especially weak at the the right tackle position where Crosby's going to rush off of. But we know that he's probably going to get a ton of chip help on that side. So somebody's going to have to step up. You know, it's either going to be Tillery or you know maybe even Tyree Wilson and, and maybe some of the interior guys but somebody's going to have to step up uh, this is not a, a great offensive line they're going to have and they're going to have to get some pressure on Allen the bills they aren't really known for running the ball so i mean you, you pretty much know a pass is coming most of the time their offensive line isn't great so i mean if they can't get pressure in this one that's not a a good omen for this these defensive line you know i will we'll be interested to see like you know if they can't get pressure rushing four is 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 uh, Patrick Graham confident blitzing Josh Allen in the way that, that we saw him, you know, start to blitz uh, Russell Wilson with the Broncos a little bit. Obviously, that that's, that means more one-on-one coverage with guys like Stephon Diggs and, and Allen has a cannon for an arm, but maybe you think he might might throw you a couple of them with the way that he played last week. And so be interesting to see how how aggressive the Raiders' defensive game plan is. But again, I mean, this, this, you know, it's kind of going to sound like a broken record, but it all comes down to the defensive line, especially – um, in this matchup against a team that's so reliant on the pass. I mean, you have always have to respect the run, but I, I don't think their run game is much of a threat. And so, you know, it, it seems like the perfect scenario for, for the guys to just pin their ears back and, and get after them. You know, in terms of the Raiders offensively, uh, seeing what they can get going on the ground, uh, they only averaged 2.1 yards per carry on Sunday against the Broncos, and, and part of that is skewed because Jimmy Garoppolo somehow ended up, <laughs> between scrambles and all that, ended up with, and, and you know, 
quarterback sneaks ended up with nine carries for 11 yards um, but uh you know Jacobs himself 19 carries 48 yards and only one carry for our guy Zamir White uh, in terms of uh, if he's going to have a bigger role he is on pace for the exact same amount of carries as he had last year, 17. And, you know, I, we, we talked about the the idea of getting him more involved and kind of keeping Jacobs fresh. But as we talked about coming out of the preseason, he didn't really do anything in the preseason that demanded that he have a bigger role and that they, they really turned this into a, a, a situation where they split carries. And so I, it does not look like uh, we're going we're gonna to see much of Zemir White uh, anytime soon. Yeah, but I mean, even for Jacobs, I mean, the, the run game really – couldn't do anything against the Broncos. Like they didn't really have, I mean, I think they're, I'm pretty sure their longest run was one of those Garoppolo scrambles um, in that game. Garoppolo's eight yard scramble was the longest run. Jacobs longest run was seven. Yeah. Obviously not good. Um, I, I think because the, the Broncos did load the box and the bills are kind of like the exact opposite of that in terms of their defensive philosophy. I mean, they're pretty much exclusively play nickel on defense, uh, which means five defensive backs and only two linebackers. And I'll be interested to see if the Raiders come out again with those heavier personnel sets with a full back with multiple tight ends. And if they're like, all right, if you're going to stay in nickel, we're just going to try to run it down your throat. That seems like, especially if, if somebody like Jacoby Myers, don't want to speculate too much, but if he can't play due to a concussion, that would seem like the most prudent game plan for them on offense is to try to exploit, you know, those light boxes against the Bills and see if they can have some more success on the ground. I think they're just going to pound the ball. I think that's the recipe for me. Just give Josh Jacobs uh, a lot of work. And uh, I think you saw last week the Jets ran the ball pretty well against the Bills. I think that's, that's got to be the game plan and have uh, Jimmy some play action off of that. But you got to establish a run early to have a chance in this game. And I think they will. Yeah, and, and they play a lot of too high defense, so they're not going to have that extra safety in the box. And Josh McDaniels obviously has a ton of experience um, game planning against the Bills with his time in New England. And, you know, they, they typically run the ball pretty heavily against the Bills. So I think that's what we're going to see. And I think for them to have a chance in this game, the run game is going to really have to be really efficient. And Josh Jacobs, I think, has to get over 100 yards in this game for the Raiders to win. One update we'll give Vic. I know you, uh, Dr. Tafer, had determined that even though uh, Devontae Adams did not practice on Wednesday and Garoppolo was limited with the uh, ankle, that uh, no concerns there. Well, was, Thursday, was Devontae back out there for practice? He was. So I think Dr. Vic's uh, prognosis was accurate. I think that everyone's fine. I believe all those guys will play. I think um, probably see Merrick as a limited guy at state practice, but uh, I think he'll play. I think DeAndre Carter is going to be have a role this week. So I Devontae, Jimmy, I'm trying to think who else is on the injury report. I think that's all of them. Jacoby, but, uh, obviously. Yeah, no real injuries to worry about. Except for Jacoby Myers, of course. Yeah, except for Jacoby, who was no update in Jacoby. I haven't seen him out there. He's still in the concussion protocol. I'd imagine tomorrow we'll have a real update on him if he's out there tomorrow. He's going to give it a go. Or we'll know tomorrow for sure if he's not going to play. But uh, there's been no hints as far as how he's doing in his protocol. So it'll be a surprise. And, well, everyone will be happy tomorrow or they'll be a little sad. All right, well, let's uh, make some predictions here. Uh, Vic uh, and Tashawn, you guys both predicted losses last week, and uh, so you fell to 0-1-1. Ted and I uh, are 1-0 and in our picks, so uh, we'll, we'll lead it off. Uh, Ted, you, you go ahead with uh, with your pick. Yeah, I think Allen's going to bounce back, and um, you know, just with the travel, and we don't know what, where Jacoby Myers is. I, I, I think the, the Bills end up winning this one double digits, probably uh, I'd say 31-21. Josh Allen, I, I can't imagine having another game that bad. I, I still, I do think he will turn over. I think Marcus Peters gets his first interception as a Raider, but uh, I see the uh, the Bills' offense coming alive. I'm going to go with a 35-24 Bills win. 
I guess the the us the losers we get to go now. Uh, <laughs> losers uh, bracket, yeah. yeah. I gotta get, like hype themselves up by like picking the Raiders to win, and they both just like ah, they're gonna get double digit losses. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm right there with y'all. I mean, I, I think the Bills are gonna win. I got them 31 to 20, so pretty similar score to Ted. Um, I just think their offense is is too much for the Raiders to keep up with. Uh, you know, with the anticipation that it, it seems like Myers is probably unlikely to play. Um, you know, I, I think it's just going to be hard for them to keep up with with the Bills on the road. And so I think Josh Allen might give him one one interception, but he might give him like three touchdowns too. So going to be a, a humbling loss for the Raiders. If you guys could only see our screen, you could see the, the disgust on Vic's face as he's shaking our, his head and just looking at us with disdain as he's coming in to, to the rescue here. Finish it off, Vic. What's the point spread on this game, Vic? I think eight it's, and a half. Uh, I think it's down to eight, eight, eight and a half now. So, uh, being here in the lush Allegheny Mountains with the Raiders, you know, I kind of uh, feel that, that, com- that camaraderie. I might pick them for the upset, uh, but, not you guys, but uh, I'm not going to. But they'll cover the spread. Nice. I got, I got 30, 20, 30, 23 oh, bills. Oh, come on. 30, 23 bills. Are you like Devontae Adams where uh, you, you wouldn't have come to this part of the country if you hadn't been dragged here? But it's green. It's beautiful. It's green. It is beautiful. I mean, definitely this place is the, we're at the Greenbrier, which is a really like, uh, you know, presidents have stayed here. It's been here for like, you know, 300 years or whatever. And it's uh, really a fancy place. I am mean, actually, I'm here right now at the coffee bar lobby. I'm going to not be too loud, but it's located in White Sulphur Springs. White being the key word. This place is the whitest place I've ever seen. But uh, it's nice. Everything about it just sounds like a plantation. So, I mean, it, I didn't say that out loud. Yeah. I'll say it for you, but, man. Um, but some of the players have been a little alarmed at the uh, the dress code. Like you have to have a, a sport coat to have dinner in the main room, which is uh, you know, a lot of these guys are wearing hoodies and, and, and shorts. Garoppolo's like, oh, yeah, I didn't bring one. You've been here. You were here last year, bro. You've been here twice before. Like, he knows the rules. And then he's acting like, oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I'll have to go get one. But he's not worried about anything like that. He's, you know, he's playing it cool. He isn't worried really about too much outside of his own control. So he's uh, that's kind of par for the course for him. But uh, it is it is beautiful. I mean, you look outside and it's green everywhere and the sun and it's lovely. So I almost got hypnotized and picked the Raiders to win, but uh, I couldn't quite do it. All right. Well, the Raiders are in first place by themselves in the AFC West. We can say that after week one. Um, will we be able to say that uh, much longer? We don't know, but uh, we're going to say it now because it's true and uh, enjoy it while while it lasts. And uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. All right, y'all. See ya. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia. I can't say it too loud because people will throw me out of this place, but Anyway, good luck to you guys. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you guys Sunday. Country roads take me home to the place I belong.